Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us again for another special episode in our series from the Four Corners, Sent Life Stories of the Global Church. We're so thankful for our Center for Great Commission Studies for allowing us to be a part of their podcast. I hope that you're joining them on a regular basis and uh, listening, and you can always connect with our Center for Missions uh, on social media as well. But today, I'm truly honored. This is Dr. John Ewart once again. I've been hosting several of these episodes. I'm the Associate Vice President for Global Theological Initiatives here at Southeastern, and I'm also joined again by Minu Jang, our Director of East Asian Leadership Development. Uh, and so, Minu, it's always good to have you on the podcast with us. Yeah, good to be here with you again. And we have some really special guests today. And so, listeners, I, I, I want you to pay close attention and also be ready to pray uh, for these men. Uh, we're really blessed. We have both national representation as well as state level representation in terms of our Southern Baptist denomination and, and our work with the Asian church. Um, and that, we're going to talk about that word in a minute. So we have Dr. Peter Giannis with us, uh, who works with our executive committee, and I'm going to let him share a little bit about his role in just a moment. And then we also have Dr. Sammy Jew with us, who works with the North Carolina Baptists and, on the state level. And so it's it's as a seminary, it's interesting for us to relate to our denominational partners and to work hard to cooperate together to find the best ways for us to serve. And so that's part of the conversation today. But first, let me just ask. Uh, Dr. Giannis, would you just share a little bit about what your role is with the executive committee on that national level for a few minutes? Yeah, currently serving as the uh, associate vice president of uh, uh, Asian relations and uh, mobilization. And uh, I'm the one in charge as well as the um, ethnic churches engagement facilitator as uh, if no one or nobody, nobody is represented in the executive office or in the Southern Baptist Convention as a whole, then uh, Peter Giannis will be uh, engaging that ethnic group. And so providing that connection between, you know, local pastor or Asian network leaders to entity uh, leadership and the State Baptist Convention, if no one is in charge there, and as a whole is just uh, plainly connecting, you know, each one uh, with the uh, a mindset of a gospel partnership. Sure. So huge, huge job. In other words, connecting with all kinds of different groups of people uh, on behalf of the denomination. That that, and we're going to talk more about what that looks like more specifically. Uh, Dr. Ju Sammy, it's good to have you with us, my friend. Uh, talk a little bit about what you're doing in North Carolina and what your role is. Dr. Ewart, thank you so much for having me. My name is Sammy Ju. I'm a statewide Asian catalyst at the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. My role is to coach, consult, provide training for Asian pastors and leaders in the, in the state of North Carolina. There are about 130 Asian churches, and then they need a lot of, a great deal of training and resources. And I am liaison between the state convention and these churches to bridge the gap and to provide uh, needed resources for the churches to be growing, to be on mission together for God's glory. 
Yeah, that, that's great. And there, there's so many different groups just here in North Carolina. So to think about across the entire nation, uh, we'll we'll get around the world again here in a moment. But but you know the word Asian is so massive. I mean I mean to just even think about what that word means. Uh, you know when we're talking internationally in the International Mission Board, we could be talking everything from Central Asia all the way to East Asia, uh, and to think about the various groups that are represented. Uh, globally, but then also to think about what that means here in the United States of America. So how, how do we even begin to define the Asian American church uh, here? Uh, Dr. Giannis, what do you think? I mean, what's your what's your take on that? How do we even begin to, to qualify what that means? Yeah, the Asian American um, churches are uh, as, a, as a group of people that then clustered the uh, in one group, it's really difficult to begin with. It is complex. And uh, you're talking about uh, ethnically, culturally diverse and uh, gender, gender relationally uh, diverse as well, not to mention different waves of immigration history. So uh, we will be having a hard time doing that. Uh, but but I guess, uh, you know, the, the one that she, you know, the American uh, Asian American church, to to be exact, is uh, you know American churches uh, made a made that possible. They were the one who shaped that, and uh, you know the American consciousness to start with, and uh, identifying major evangelical Protestant Asian uh, believers coming together for the purpose of reaching out to their own Asian affinity group, and that's where we all uh, started. And I, I believe, you know. Uh, the 1965 Immigration Act, uh, uh, the Asian American population has increased tremendously since that. And different waves of Asian Americans made uh, an, a contribution to a concentration of reaching different uh, ethnicity among Asians. And so um, to, to put it all together, as I said, it's so complex, it's so diverse, but uh, basically it's defined loosely in terms of country of origin or descent uh, or based on target group of people that shared same ethnicity to begin with. Sure. Yeah. And so you're you're talking, I mean, we're talking about a massive mosaic of, of people. Of faith, uh, just, yeah. Yeah, just mm -hmm. here in the U.S., you know, so to break that down to some degree and to think about what what those relationships need to be, you know, Sammy, when you're talking about North Carolina, uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but, you know, just to think about how many different subgroups just in the state of North Carolina would be, you know, put under that huge category of Asian. Uh, you know, just talk about that for a few minutes, just a little a little closer so that maybe even on the state level, we can sort of wrap our heads around it. Right. So uh, in North Carolina, let me give you an example. Uh, there's a Burmese church, churches, but even among the Burmese churches, there are subgroups, for example, Chin churches. But even among the Chin churches, there are subgroups like Zomi, Zotong, Matu, Falam churches, just to give an example in the state of North Carolina. So that's uh, Asian groups are very diverse, as uh, Dr. Yanni said, and then it's all very diverse group. And then geographically, when it comes to Asia, people normally think that Chinese or Korean, Japanese, well, they are East Asian Asians, but Asia could go all the way uh, west to half of Turkey. 
So just naming the all Asians, they could you can see the very diverse, even uh, different skin colors and different uh, hair colors as well. So God has brought the, the uh, huge door to United States and North Carolina to reach them uh, with the gospel of Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, in just a few weeks, I will be in Istanbul and I will spend time on the Asian side of Istanbul and I will spend time on the European side of Istanbul. And that's not just a that's not an outside designation. That's the way they self-identify. Uh, and so this this world is massive. Menu and I have discussed in the past and we often discuss in our office, even the work that his office has to do. We, we struggle with the name of his office. We started off by calling it East Asian Leadership Development because of some of the countries where we knew we were initially focusing, and that has already fallen apart. He's already at least East and Southeast Asian and, and has ventured into South Asia now. And so it becomes this massive, I mean, you know, billion plus, you know, billions of people uh, around the world. And then when you translate that into the ethnic groups that have immigrated at various points in history to the United States of America, they're, you know, every one of them is here in some fashion. And so that the ministry to them. And so, so to think about, let's talk about this for a minute, because I do a lot of demographic, a lot of statistical work, and I know you guys have to live in that world too. And so you often hear about how, you know, the Asian population is one of, if not the fastest growing ethnic population in the United States of America. But again, you get down to definitions and what does that mean? So so in general, you know, let's talk about the Asian American church, not just the general populations. But let's talk about their growth. Let's, let's talk about their current status. What's the current status of the Asian American church? Define that how we must and the growth in general. And then more specifically, let's talk about Southern Baptist life and how the Asian American church has grown within our denomination uh, and what that looks like. Anybody have a comment about that menu if you wanna jump in as well, but to think about what 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 is what are some of the things you're seeing and observing in terms of churches who identify as Southern Baptist and the SBC as a whole and, and how we're relating to one another and how they're doing? Well, I would just, uh passed down to our brothers, uh, you know, Pastor Peter and then Pastor Sammy, if you have any, like a more of a numberly data that, you know, in our Southern Baptist circle. Yeah, well, let me begin um, with, uh, you know, the status and growth of Asian American churches to begin with. I think it's uh, uh, very important to consider a comprehensive, uh, comprehensive nationwide survey of Asian Americans conducted by Pew Research, and uh, it's been attributed to uh, the Asian adults, about 42 uh, uh, percent, saying they're, they're Christians, so born-again Christians. And so it's like almost majority of uh, U.S. Asian adults are, you know, believing in God. And so that 42 percent is huge to, uh, to start with. And so if you bring that uh, that that Asian American uh, uh, Christianity growth within U.S. Um, I've uh, checked. Uh, I think Lausanne, Lausanne had uh, uh, listed over twelve thousand Asian American churches. Um, I um, DJ Chuang, uh, the the author of Multi Asian, and uh, he, he's a favorite of mine too. He he listed about over nine thousand, and that's. Uh, if you had churches uh, to um, 
from uh, the Southern Baptist Convention. And so we, we have that total of over 12,000 Asian American uh, churches in the U.S. And then bring that to Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, we belong to the 22.4% of the different ethnicity and culturally diverse uh, of the 50,000 uh, congregations. And uh, recently, uh, the, ba the, the Baptist Research.com uh, this is uh, based on ACP, uh, I think, year 2020 or 2021. And so we grew to 2,141 uh, congregations, and that representing 27 Asian nationalities. And uh, it is listed to that from year 2000, uh, where we are 1,300. And so since then, we grew to about 42%. Uh, to the current number of 2,141. And so the Asian American churches by the number <laughs> were growing. And uh, and I think we're picking up too on the uh, by engagement uh, in terms of local and state Baptist convention and even uh, across our Southern Baptist convention. And so it's I'm very hopeful and uh, prayerful at the same time that you know, we can keep up with the growth of the population and that we can keep up to the growth of uh, uh, the number of churches engaging to the Southern Baptist Convention. So I, I think it's up to all of us serving in the local Baptist Association, state convention, or different entities to take advantage of, uh, you know, that vibrancy among our Asian pastors and ministry leaders across our convention. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, you know, I, I work a lot in statistics because uh, sometimes because of my church revitalization and church consulting work that I do. And so I see a lot of numbers in terms of population growth and and also participation in uh, in church versus non-participation. So that, that those are phenomenal num numbers and a, and a complex, uh, massive task. Uh, that we face, but also very exciting to me. You know, Dr. Kevin Izell was here on campus preaching in our chapel not long ago, and he was referring to the number of church plants uh, that uh, are are not, you know, that are ethnic based. And, you know, and most of them would be would fall into those huge categories of Hispanic or Asian. You know, and uh, both of those words are just, you know, are are, are difficult. So. So that, that's really something. What, what are some of the unique needs you think? What are some of the greatest and perhaps unique needs that we see in the American, or in the, yeah, the American Asian church today or the Asian American church? Dr. Ju, what do you see here in North Carolina? What are some of the greatest needs that you see with these leaders and congregations here close, close to home? Yes, I have uh, two major the needs that I can observe from Asian churches in this state. The number one is the leadership development or equipping the saints. A lot of Asian pastors or leaders are mostly loners. And uh, there's a big reason for that because uh, most of the congregations, especially the first generation congregations are really busy to make their ends meet. So working from Monday through Saturday and Sunday is the only day they come worship just to relax and uh, meet with their peer groups. So that pastor has to do mostly everything in the church and they did not have enough time to equip the saints to do the work of service as in Ephesians 4.12. So there's a huge need for these pastors to train and equip uh, the church members to not only to grow spiritually, but also to serve and multiply. So that's the, I would say maybe number one uh, overarching the the challenge that I see, I've seen in our churches. The second, it is 
related to the first one, but I think it's also equally huge uh, need, which is to develop a next generation uh, leader. So there's a big uh, chasm between first generation, second generation Asian Americans. And then uh, it is across the board, not just in North Carolina, but I've, I would say maybe across the nation. So the first generation, even if they are flourishing at this moment, they are—they don't really have much of a promise for the next 10 years or 10, 20 years down the road because they are not sure who would be the next leader uh, among the next generation because of language barrier and cultural barrier and just uh, not so much of a pipeline existing within the church. So I'll say from a state uh, guide, say those are the two main things that the, this church really need to uh, resolve. And what would you add to that, Dr. Giannis? What are you seeing nationally? I'm I'm smiling because he, he, he's uh, you know on on point of, of all of those challenges and need sure. that we're seeing across our convention. Uh, I've listed actually, you know the. Uh, the generational leadership integration is, uh, you know, number one on my list as I visit different state Baptist convention or in the Asian American church context, you know, that second and third generation is about 38% uh, um, of our Asian population. And so whether you like it or not, uh, Asian American population is becoming younger right. and getting younger and bring that to the Asian American church context is, um, uh, I think all of our ancient churches should be ready of that. But the problem is we don't have a succession plan, leadership succession plan in place. And many of our uh, senior pastors are really seniors and <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> they're, they're close to retirement. And, and the problem now is where are we getting, you know, the, uh, the next generation uh, leaders of our ancient churches. And, uh, and so that's the uh, number one need. Another thing I see I see across our convention is uh, the, the need for formation of a uh, uh, a network that represented different ethnicity. Mm. Uh, we have um, at least nine, ten very organized Asian national network that uh, you know anyone can uh, any immigrant churches or even close to that ethnicity. You know they have a place to what they call they belong and they they feel at home. And uh, our Asian National Fellowship are very good, actually, in taking care of their immigrant churches and pastors and leaders, for one. But I think uh, other, like, for example, Asian Indian and South Asian, and, uh, they have a lot of subgroups. It's a problem there and very regionalistic at the same time, like many of our Asian churches. And so it, it's, it's a problem of bringing them together and, and share commonality on how they can network together and encourage one another. And so there's a need on that, that uh, we're trying our very best to bring, thing, bring them together to start with is uh, within the Southern Baptist Convention. And, you know, we have that confession and faith that we share together and that Great Commission cooperation that we uh, highlight. And so I, I think that will be possible. And, and then number three, um, uh, I see it. Um, I, I just uh, got home from uh, a meeting in Orlando, Florida, bringing different ethnic fellowship leaders from African-American, Haitian to Middle Eastern to Hispanic. Uh, to and uh, well, we're, we're cry, crying out. Everyone is saying the same thing. You know, we need the representation on the state convention level, local association and the entity. And, and I think if you ask me directly, you know, as much as I love numbers, uh, because representation, you know, equals numbers too, but I, I'm, I'm the person that I love more than numbers. Uh, I wanted 
because representation will will come to an end. You 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 serve in a committee for two years, three years. Uh, you will serve as an officer, but my representation has happened to be like I wanted them to 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 recognize that we can contribute so much on the table, not only as you know recipient to the gospel that we move on to be a partner uh, laboring for the gospel, but we have a lot of practitioners for the gospel, like Sammy here and Mino and, and many other Asian Americans that you know they're they're educated and they're gifted and. Uh, they have the leadership capacity. And so I guess on the entity and state convention level and local association, you know, our Southern Baptist Convention needed to give us a chance to serve and lead. And that will make a big difference to uh, the ethnic and diversity of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah, th those are those are those are powerful things both of you have just shared. Uh, and I know that uh, Director Menu and I, I, he and I have spent hours uh, having conversations about several of these issues. Uh, I know, you know, there's a, especially the second gen issue, you know, we, we talk about that often and, and uh, I know that he's probably about to bite his microphone to, to talk about that, you know, on and on. Uh, let me lead into it this way to say that, you know, part of what we want to do is to, to find the best ways to help and so, you know, how how are you how are you all addressing this? Many of you jump in on this one too. How are you addressing these needs? And especially for us, you know, how could Southeastern partner to be a to be a help to be a help with these things? So, many, why don't you share a little bit about what what you know some of your feelings about these things? But then uh, the rest of you share a little bit even on that national and state level, and then. How could Southeastern help as well? Right. Um, you know, for me, it's just um, with with one word, I can just simply put this way that contextual uh, theological education is much needed. It's very needed for any generation, any culture group or any ethnicity, uh, no matter where you're from and where you are now, um, you need this contextual theological education. Um, so what, what I, in my office, with my team, what we've been doing this journey actually is to get to this point. Hey, how can we best understand you first? And then how can we best project for you and speak for you here and to make up and develop something that is more tangible for you? If you have a leaders in the church or any uh, church leaders and then pastors and wives. Um, if there's any need for any theological training in the in your setting, in your culture, in your context, we'll love to hear from you. And so that we always compile them and just uh, try to develop something that is most needed, helpful for for those groups and then people. And we are always targeting these leaders who are positioned and then or future leaders. So that includes the next gen. Um, so, uh, in a com this coming annual meeting, even uh, my biggest interest and the focus is to get to know and meet with people who are leading this, you know, d d with the same sure idea about this. There's a much need in this area of ministry and leadership, and so then we talk about that and develop things, and then so that we can finally get something that is, you know, helping our brothers and sisters, leaders in the church. And the one of the uh, the you know that need uh, that I requested 
a lot of times from the church leaders were actually biblical counseling as well. Biblical counseling for you know those Asian church context, it's much hard for for the anybody to bring that up as an you know family issue. It's not easy thing to to do that. Uh, but by having this biblical counseling certificate that we we developed currently, and that really is now helping a lot of Korean church pastors and then wives first that church leaders, uh, they get benefit out of that. And so we're slowly uh, expanding that to other language groups and then cultures. And so, yeah, that's something that we, we are very interested in finding out more. And that, that's what we are currently doing. So love to and then also, you know, so, Sammy and I, we've known each other for way back, like 15 years now. And so I always request Sammy, hey, Sammy, is there anything that we might be able to help you for your leaders, pastors and churches? And so we always do uh, together some, some of the conferences, events. Uh, and so that, that way we approach more people people, leaders, and so that we hear there and then we develop from there. Sammy, talk to us a little bit about what North Carolina Baptists are, are trying to do now. So we are uh, very appreciative for Southeastern Seminary, always willing to help uh, local churches and at the Baptist uh, and also state convention as well. So uh, we, as a uh, statewide cattle, Asian catalyst, I try to spot and identify what are their needs are and how I can uh, be the assistant to help with. So I hear, I keep hearing the from the field that there is a huge need for discipleship, discipling for the next generation. So uh, they said, uh, we need a youth leader, we need a youth pastor and whatnot. Now the average duration of youth pastor in Asian churches is less than eight months. Uh, which is not a longer period of time, and uh, that was sometimes hurts the uh, the ministry in Asian churches. And then they imagine that your youth group uh, see the change of youth pastors not even a year. Uh, so they the trust level is go goes uh, goes down. So there is uh, definitely a clear need for a desperate need for next generation leaders. So I believe that uh, Southeastern Seminary can. Uh, provide a quality training for the next generation leaders and then that's something the the asian churches really need um so it would be really great uh, if we can um, really just tell the needs of asian churches uh, to southeastern uh, seminary students and then provide probably uh maybe you can you know provide some extra credit or not uh, or not to them so that they can engage with these asian churches even before going to overseas if they are uh, in the international church planting track that uh, they can even experience the international even before going to uh, overseas now this uh, i received recently received from a korean church that they're looking for a youth pastor i asked the pastor hey does it need to be korean or a second generation korean the pastor said no it doesn't have to be uh, it can be anybody who has a, a heart for missions whether it's an anglo african-american hispanic south uh, southeastern seminary whoever has the heart please come and help us so uh, this asian churches are very open-minded right now i think the, the, those type of help would be a great uh help for them well, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do before Dr. Giannis adds to this, we, you know, we're we're actually working on some internship programs within our Global Theological Initiative. 
to not only give opportunities for our students to be exposed to some of our global partners, which includes uh, several of our ethnic groups within the United States, but also overseas. So this will be something we'll want to continue to talk about. And then I'm excited about what I think I'm going to hear from Dr. Yamas. But let me let me let him tell me and let me see if I'm still excited about it. So excite me, Dr. Yamas. <laughs> that is right. Now let me add to what Sami did. Um, Sami, I spoke with one of our Vietnamese national leaders. Very interesting. You mentioned about, uh, you know, the English ministry opening or vacancy and uh, and here's what he said, actually, they be, they prefer somebody, uh, an American speaking, not necessarily Vietnamese second generation, uh, you know, English speaking minister. And I'm surprised. And I said, why? Because they said, because, you know, they, they have more assertion and they have more leadership and uh, they're not attached to the cultural and the, the Asian traditional um, uh, context, they said, and they do well. And uh, I think he's right because uh, two weeks ago I was in Baton Rouge Baptist Association and uh, um, there are like three three uh, English ministry ministers attended the meeting there uh, hosted by that association. And one of them is a uh, um, white American, uh, Caucasian. And uh, he's uh, the English ministry pastor of a large Chinese Baptist church in Baton Rouge. And, and the same story too. And I think, you know, the... the the second and third generation, um, they don't care about, uh, you know, who's the one leading and ministering to them as long as it's, you know, gospel driven and and uh, based on the Bible. And they, they are fine with that. And I think they're more, more and more, um, you know, embracing this American culture that they have and uh, less and less on, you know, their ethnicity. Um what, what's happening now on, on across our convention in terms of that, you know, what we are currently doing, uh, it's been three years now that we go with our three main core values, which is, which is to connect, collaborate, and, and celebrate, and, and more on, more, more on uh, connecting every Asian pastor or church to a fellow Asian uh, pastor or church, not necessarily within their affinity group. And we're trying to connect them to state Baptist level and to the entity, because I think if they will, uh, nobody will champion that, connecting them to the resource, connecting them to the leadership, then, then uh, they will be continue crying out for help and for resource. And yet, uh, Southern Baptist Convention, we have a ton of resources, you know, local and state level and entity, and, and nobody's just connecting the dots. And uh, uh, collaboration is, we, we see uh, um, a, a lot is, if it's Korean, you know, they, they collaborate missionally with another uh, fellow Korean and Filipino and Chinese, and and the same is true. But what we're uh, trying to encourage them to cross cultural, you know, that collaboration, and and because we do that with American churches, why not you do with a fellow Asian church? And it's happening too. And then the celebration part is, you know, we we wanted that to be part of the the highlight of what we do across our convention for the past three years, and uh, we celebrate who we are, where we're from, and at the same time. You know, take advantage of this new generation of, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, multilingual speaking, you know, American and uh, multicultural American as well. And we're very flexible, adaptable. And I think we can do more than compared to the other um, um, Americans uh, here. And practically, um, here's what's happening because we're expanding our reach, uh, not only to the entity, the State Baptist Convention and the uh, 
uh, more and more now we're seeing uh, the, um, state Baptist convention, you know, joining us. Uh, Missouri Baptist convention, they have adopted a, uh, an island in the Philippines to start a church and to start churches there. Uh, six Baptist local association, you know, they agreed together to adopt uh, the Filipinos as their affinity group. Uh, uh, Western Arkansas, uh, there's a great population of Asian there. And at the state convention is, you know, they had me last year. Uh, new new state convention now is Ohio. Uh, Hayes, Pastor Hayes is the uh, the people group uh, catalyst. And uh, uh, we had a meeting a couple of days ago, and he's talking about the population in Hayes. Uh, uh, Asian population in Ohio, and nobody's really like connected with them. And um, but whatever I go, it's all about enlisting participation among our our gifted and Asian leaders. You know, ministry leaders or pastors, and we we try to encourage them to elevate cooperation locally and nationally, and and then we ask them to engage. You know, the life uh, and ministry of SBC because at the end of the day, we always say always say to them, you know. Um, it's good to have a number, but it's good to come together, you know, that will bring voice and message and, you know, awareness that we do exist, but engaging them in different level, then we can be part of, you know, what's changing the SBC right now. And I always use Sammy for North Carolina, Mino for, uh, for uh, Southeastern seminary, seminary and other, you know, Asian leader catalysts that we have uh, in the SBC and we're adding more and more. Um, uh, this is a great, way to share it to you too uh like florida convention uh, uh, among all of our state convention florida uh you might be surprised that uh a couple of weeks ago for the first time they uh they have uh, asian consultant uh made it official uh, to work for all of our asian churches and never heard of florida florida <laughs> in california we have only francis chang uh, throughout uh, you know, the state convention of California among all of the states we have in America, too. And so I think uh, with Sammy and Mino and, and many others there that we were positioned to make an impact and difference or SBC life, uh, uh, we needed to continue enlisting and, you know, encouraging others to elevate cooperation and engage more in the SBC life and ministry. And, and together, you know, with this group, uh, I think we can do more than a part. Yeah, it's very exciting to me because what we're talking about are networks of people working together. And uh, one of the things that we have had conversations about already, it will be, and Menu will be working for Southeastern to do this with you, Dr. Giannis, but, but to think about how we can get some of these network leaders together in a place uh, mm -hmm. to actually maybe host some kind of uh, consortium or, or council together here. And to have a, a an, ex, an opportunity to learn from one another, but also to develop ways to to coordinate. Because you you hit upon you know as a missiologist, you know you hit upon an area that is a passion of mine. And our global theological initiative, we're engaging students right now from about fifty different countries and eight different languages. And so the the relationship between the American church and the global church is a is a huge part of our conversations and when i say the american church i don't just mean the white anglo uh, european background church you know the the ethnic church so we have these conversations in our hispanic world we have these conversations uh in our uh, eastern european worlds but also in the asian world to talk about the relationship especially when you think about first gen second gen and all these different issues that are going through and the relationship between 
the Asian American church and the church back home, so to speak, the church back mm -hmm. in the heart country from which immigration originally took place and what those relationships look like and what the missions mobilization can look like uh, in order for there to be some of the most natural missionary effort probably that we could ever consider. So are you seeing any movement in those areas? And obviously, the, I know the, I know there's this whole conversation probably about what's the relationship just between first gen and the home, the home from which they came. And then you talk about second gen and their relationship back to that same country. And then you talk about maybe a missions mobilization effort on kind of a third level there. So there's a lot to that. Uh, any comments from from what you're seeing from either one of you um, about uh, about that? Yes, uh, whenever I see or speak to Asian church planters or leaders, I always say, you are 21st century Moses. As God met Moses in the wilderness and sent him back to Egypt to bring the people to the promised land, God is sending these Asian pastors, leaders, Asian churches to back to their countries, back to their people to bring their people to Jesus Christ. Just to give you some example, uh, last November and December, I took a six Asian pastors from North Carolina to Thailand, two Hmong pastors, two Burmese pastors, and two uh, Lao pastors. Before the trip, uh, we provided seven weeks training called the BST, Breakthrough Strategy Training. It is evangelism and missions for multiplication to la uh, multiply laborers for the harvest. And they translated their material, training material into three languages in uh, one Hmong, one Burmese, and one uh, uh, Lao. And then they trained local indigenous leaders, churches in Thailand, broke, broke into uh, three different regions. And then uh, they trained more than 172 local leaders. And then these leaders made up team, and then they shared the gospel and led 58 Buddhist people to Christ Jesus uh, in that, during that trip. And this past March, uh, we did the same training through Zoom, and also uh, there's a, a pastor from Muslim country, and he received this training, and then he translated this material into his own language, and then he and I went to his home country, and then he trained more than 140 local leaders coming from 30 different churches and local churches, and then I had to come back literally, but he stayed there for another two weeks, and through that training and the personal evangelism for those who received this training, 1,671 people heard the gospel and 522 accepted Jesus. It was amazing uh, work of God, the multiplication seed was planted, but what really excited me was this, these Asian churches in North Carolina or United States, God has purposefully placed them here so that they can bring the gospel back to their home people countries to bring their people to jesus christ and it is taking place and then um, it's uh, really amazing to see how god is using the diaspora the immigrant immigrants here connecting back to their home countries yeah that's that's fantastic peter you got anything to add to that yeah yeah that's right you know the uh, i say a direct relationship between you know asian american church to global asian churches uh, I see it, you know, not not only happening, but even for the past maybe twenty years now, that Asian American churches remain as uh, as strong partners for missions and uh, leadership development in Asia. 
And as, as we know, you know, the, the West brought the gospel to the East. And then in the, in the middle of the 19th century, you know, we, we open our doors to, to many of the refugees and uh, those who are seeking asylum, political asylum and other refuge to uh, not only here in U.S., but in Europe. And we recognize that. Uh, so we, we, we heard the gospel from you guys, uh, from the American missionaries, and now we're responding. And uh, to many of our Asian churches really is every year they go back to their homeland as a mission trip and bring resources and bring everything that they can. And so the impact of global missions really all started in the West to East and then back to the West. And then, you know, all of those ethnic churches in the West going back to the East. And so it's a cycle of uh, give and take uh, uh, relationship. And so I see it that uh, Asian American leaders, they still have that influence and they have, uh, you know, access to resources uh, to continue impacting global missions. And so I see it directly too that, uh, Dr. Ewart, I see the relationship of the TGI. Uh, TGI will be a perfect partner for training and providing that leadership development for local leaders, uh, you know, across Asia locally and contextually. And so that's why uh, the first time I've heard it from Mina, so I got excited and said, you know what, Let, let's bring to the table all of the uh, Asian national leaders because this is what they do every year. And uh, but providing, you know, ways on how to do it with a curriculum and with, with a contextualized approach and with them been, being already trained by, uh, you know, different seminaries that we have here, I think uh, you are, uh, in a position to help our Asian churches uh, reach their homeland uh, in terms of leadership development and training for, uh, you know, theological training. Sure. And of course, uh, of course, Menu Jang leads the charge in this particular aspect of what we do in our global theological initiative. So uh, any listener who's listening to this, who's interested in how do we, how do we partner in training uh, in the Asian world, Minu Jang here is the one, and I'll mention some of that again at the close here. As we kind of bring this to a conclusion, uh, just what are some of the, what are some prayer requests? Our listeners uh, who want to pray for you and for this work, for this effort, what are some of the things that that they could be praying about for the Asian American church, the Asian church around the world, and for you and your ministries? So, uh, so Peter, Peter, why don't you start us off? What are some prayer requests that you can think yeah, of for um, listeners? Yeah, I would ask our, our listeners really to uh, pray for, you know, our convention um, representing, uh, you know, different churches uh, where we are in a difficult and uh, challenging moment. And uh, let's pray that we will we won't lose our focus to the Great Commission cooperation because that's not temporal. We're talking about eternal, and there's so many things that would you know sidetrack us to the focus. And so I wanted our listeners to join us to you know um, join hands together and pray for all of our pastors and leaders uh, within the Southern Baptist Convention that uh, you know we will uh, continue. Uh, focusing on the Great Commission cooperation and uh, pray for all, all of our leaders as well and pastors because uh, more and more, you know, all of these challenges is uh, becoming local now. 
and I wanted them to, you know, concentrate on the, the gospel impact of their uh, community uh, and beyond and, uh, you know, continue to be faithful to God. And uh, I wanted you, uh, our listeners, to, to particularly pray for more uh, Asian leaders that would consider ministry. And so we're calling out everybody out there. I still remember I'm just, uh, you know, 15, 16 years old when I responded to the gospel as a teenager. And uh, I'm seeing myself to many of our Asian uh, youth and young leaders that uh, uh, please pray. And if you have a calling and consider it too, it can be a career and fulfilling career to uh, sow the gospel and minister to others and uh, grow together in our ministry with God. And so... Uh, let's pray about that and then pray for all of our seminaries as well, because you were given a task to train uh, many of our young people and uh, preparing for the ministry. And so I pray that the Lord will just expand your reach and your territory and uh, uh, with Southeastern Seminaries partnership with us, we can prepare all of our Asian young leaders uh, and then ready to uh, be deployed in the ministry. Sammy, what would you add to that? Those are great. Pray for two things, awareness and partnership. Uh, pray that these Asian pastors and leaders would know more about uh, SBC entities and uh, resources. Uh, I'll be taking Asian pastors to Southeastern Seminary uh, this summer and also to IMB for them to know more about uh, SBC Life, but also uh, pray that uh, more uh, majority groups, majority churches, uh, uh, American churches would know about uh, Asian churches as well. So there will be a symbiotic awareness so that they can grow uh, relationship. And also that will lead to the next point, which is the partnership, so that they can build a healthy partnership for the gospel, that no uh, no Asian churches would be in silo, but uh, they will be helped, but not just uh, receiving help, but also they can help uh, the majority churches as well. So there'll be a healthy partnership. So that, those are the two things um, to pray for. Sure. Th those, are, those are really well said. Minnie, do you have anything to add to that? A lot of now uh, prayer requests. I just want to add one more uh, thing to that. Uh, just pray for those um, churches that are under persecution, closed countries. And then uh, there I hear a lot from the, the, the church leaders who are under this uh, pressure and then persecution that uh, they they need prayer. So, well, listeners, pr please pray for those uh, our heroes who are continuing their ministry in that setting. Prayer, your prayer, it be really really huge uh, power for them. So please pray for for them. Yeah, thank you. That's that's good. We we have. Uh, in our Global Theological Initiative, we have students who are in and leaders that we work with who are in um, communist countries and also in Islamic uh, countries. I was actually in a conversation earlier today uh, about a nation that's uh, in massive civil war and then another one that is in another war where another nation has invaded. So we have a lot of leaders in difficult places and certainly many of them are in the, the Asian context. Well, I just want to say thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. We appreciate uh, this input. I know our listeners are going to be blessed by it, and it's going to, to spur uh, prayer as well as I pray action. I hope that we can follow up in our, in our continued development of our network and 
and our work together so that we can serve together to bring our King great glory and work with him to redeem the nations. I look forward to the day when we stand in the throne room and uh, we look across that sea and, and recognize people from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. And this is certainly a part of that. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dr. Giannis. Maraming, maraming salamat po. Uh, and uh, my Tagalog is weak. Uh, my Korean is worse, Sammy. So sorry. Everything comes with an Oklahoman accent, too, which I'm not sure I will ever, ever avoid. And listeners, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that you found this episode helpful. If it was, I hope that you'll share it with others, point people to where they can listen to our other episodes. If you have any questions at all about our Global Theological Initiative, if you'd like to get in touch with the almost Dr. Minu Jang uh, and the director of our Asian Leadership Development Program, you can always shoot us an email at gti at sebts.edu, or you can find us on the Southeastern website. Uh, you can also find our Center for Great Commission Studies uh, on the website as well as on social media. So we look forward to seeing you next time. I, I look forward to our next conversations. Thank you so much for joining us today. <music>